0: You're listening to the Scottish Football Forums Podcast, the home of Scottish Football Banter.
1: Hi, welcome to this week's episode of Scottish Football Forums Podcast, season nine, episode forty-one. Uh, I'm John and joined tonight by John. You alright? Yeah, okay, John, how are you? All right. Just, aye, try to stay sane during lockdown, eh, which I think we all are.
0: Yeah, all right, so, um, you know, watching retro football, i trying to play back garden football with my boy, I think that's about as exciting as it gets football-wise these days.
1: Aye, I take it away, man, still wouldn't?
0: Of course, yes.
1: Aye. Of course, aye. Good. Um, so, good news is, we've got another guest on this week, um, so we've got Curtin Darvill, Junior's manager on Mick Kennedy. How are you doing?
2: Yeah, I'm good, lads. I'm good. Hope you're well. Aye, yeah.
1: Uh, what about yourself? How are you coping with lockdown just now? Uh,
2: it's, it's been difficult in general, the football a <laughs> massive part of my life. Uh, I've I'm moving probably the a to the because uh, I've got a couple of restaurants that I own so we're doing takeaway food only, so that's probably last week or so we started that back up. So that's what I meant. I've been at the house a wee bit, but, but uh, it's been difficult.
1: Aye, well, uh, for those that don't know, um, there'll be people that probably listen to this podcast to open goal because it's a terrific podcast. Uh, I know you listen to it as well, John, don't you?
0: Yeah, I must say I haven't listened for a few weeks just because there's been that many podcasts to listen to, um, but I've just lost track of it. But the ones I have listened to have been brilliant. <clears throat> I'm ah, sure. just terrific. Uh, he's a great host.
1: Aye, ah, he's brilliant. We've been saying for a while that he should be on the, the likes of the BBC or something like that. He's... The noise, and research is building as well. Um, mm-hmm. But i because your recent Black Rooster, uh, sponsors Open Gold, does not
2: it? Aye, I sponsored them for about the last nine months or something. Eh, so through my relationship with Si, so aye, so it's something I've done. It's obviously, mm-hmm. eh, this, the show gets a lot of traction. It's got a big audience. Eh, it's very well received. So aye, it's been good for the business and stuff like that. Eh, I'd probably... Mostly eh, done it because Simon's part of it, but it's, it's, been, it's been pretty successful eh, from, from the business perspective. So, a like, big demographically, eh, my customers probably watch the show as well. So, it made business sense it paid for the two to hook up together. Aye, definitely. I So, how do you know Simon then? It's strange. I took Colville Park to put in the the the, the third round of the Scottish Cup eh, a couple of years back when when Colville would won the Amateur Scottish Cup. Uh, and that was the first time I met him, then to them, turns out being, you know, similar people, and to them, we've just got to know one another over a period of time, so, aye, that's that's, how it all started. I can be a small world footballer, definitely. Aye, he's a great lad, he's, uh, obviously, you can see on the show that, he's got a great personality, Uh, really, witty, funny uh, even though the show, and that, he's, he's a lovely lad as well, you couldn't meet any other boys, So I, am glad he's doing so well for yourself. We followed the other. Um,
1: so I, uh, for those that don't know uh, yourself, Mick, um, obviously your
2: amateurs is where you spent majority of your career. Really, for, uh, fifteen years, uh, uh, for a number of years. Then management, uh, So that that that's sort of has been primary area most of my football careers uh, played out. Was it Drumchapel,
1: amateurs, you were with most of your career?
2: Ah, I played uh, Drumchapel United. Before that, I played, uh, it was on groupies, we played Mates locally, we spent the Glasgow team called Temple and Albert. Then, uh, five years went to Drumchapel United at the time, they were the the top team in the country. Uh, We stayed there for about four or five years and uh, continued to dominate, to be fair. uh, Great great, uh, group of players, great manager. Then, after that, after uh, that period they, sort of, they split up a wee bit, a couple of went to Coble Park and a couple went to Welchus is another team in the stand and that's what I, I sort of played my playing career to Coble Park sort of ended uh, through injury then, took up the reins uh, halfway through the season and, and sort from of, then on that's how I sort of did my manage it was never something that followed 10 to be fair uh, but ah, uh, I had an enjoyable career with yeah, amateur playing managing some great players uh, played with and managed some great players as well so lot, lot a fun enemies
1: I've got a good history at which Amateurs in terms of uh, some of the top managers at Scotland have in the last 20-30 years have come to there Ferguson Smith Moyes you've been the, the next one in there <laughs> ah, you know, just one step at a time I think yeah, I enjoyed obviously my, my, my really successful period
2: yeah, at Global Park mm-hmm. managing uh, where I made the decision to obviously move into junior and took over Babel just about well, a year ago actually, just yeah. run about the now and I agreed to take over, eh, so I, it's, it's, I've enjoyed it, it's, it's, it's always a gap and no am playing, which I miss massively still, eh, but it's, it's it's an enjoyable thing, as I say, f- football has always been a massive part of my life, eh, so it, it was important that I was still connected to it and still involved in somewhere or another, just so happened to come to the manager, so I, I've enjoyed it so far and then I was,
1: I was speaking i was trying to get my research on you because it's a bit more difficult sometimes we're like looking into stuff for the amateurs and juniors and stuff like that but i was speaking one of your players Darden miller um so he's he Well a bit he was he won one of our pick it out uh the goal of the the week a, a while ago his goal against arthurly I his own half that. so uh bye he was he spoke he spoke highly of you anyway but you. Telling me as well, obviously, you played with Scotland Amateurs as well. What was that like?
2: I I, I played there for about five years as a captain and stuff like that. I, to, I think yeah, it's very glenn in his career when you're involved at in another level. I remember there's uh, some kind of national selection there to be involved in that. It was great. I loved it. Uh, what a lot of success. Really good for players as well. Managing all the girls with some of the top teams in the country. Uh, some of the guys are still in contact with us, so I really enjoyed it, it was a great experience, it was great to obviously captain them as well, so I it was a, a really fun time again for them, uh, some good people.
1: And
2: uh, Darren was saying as
1: well, I don't know if he's just sucking up here, but he was saying the committee of the amateur still say that you're potentially the best amateur player they've seen.
2: Are <laughs> uh, you looking uh, for I'm another Boris? Aye, ah, yeah, I, I think, I don't know, I think that was said in, in some kind of yeah, match programme or something like at one time. But I listen, I, I think eh, there's some real top, top talented players in Amherst for all years. I'm sure there's probably, I'm a lot of them I'm a lot more ability than me, to be fair. Uh, but I listen, it's, it's great that people think that highly, but I'm, I'm sure, uh, I'm sure of, in my own opinion, I'm sure in my opinion, they're better players than me. I, I was just fortunate, I played with some really good players and had a lot of success, so it makes life a bit easier.
1: Um, you mentioned as well obviously moving on to Colville Park. so You started off there as a player, didn't you, and then moved on to be a manager. Aye,
2: I, I, I moved over to play with Jerry Harwood. At the time, when I went to sign with Drumchapel United, Jerry had tried to get me to go there from Temple and Albert, uh, and I'd made the decision to go to Drumchapel. So somebody always stayed in contact with uh, somebody. I've always had a, a lot of admiration for them, a lot of respect, and stayed in contact with him And at the time, when that sort of period there. Uh, Dominant at Brum come was coming to an end, and I was probably getting there, but I about 30, 31, and I a new challenge, and a fresh challenge, sort of, with my emphasis to, to kick on again, and play the remainder of my career, and I decided to go to Jerry and go to just simply because he's an absolute winner, great, he'd uh, built the club up, up over a number of years, from nothing into he a successful club, really professionally well run, uh, and a great relationship, And that relationship's continued to this day, he's probably, that is a bit of a foul, figure to could say, so much respect and time from the same we have constant contact came to get to Darvalo. When I went to David's somebody I'll rely on the island and we go on for experience and uh, advice a lot of the time, so I've got a really, really close relationship.
1: So what was it like transitioning from being a player to being a manager? Did you find it
2: difficult or was it all right? It, it was the, the sort of, the, the, uh, I think that last year was I sort of knew I had played on, we'd won the, the West this that year at part, i played in the final and I came off after 70 minutes, uh, I had an injury, previously so I did take injections to try and get to clear up with it Also, then after that we had the Scottish Cup final, which I couldn't play, I, I didn't start, I think i came come on, I couldn't, couldn't get it to, to go away, we tried all sorts of injections to get me fit and I couldn't get fit, uh, and I think after that I just made the decision it was just, hey, I would become a bit part player and be on the coach and stuff a wee bit into the following season. Then we got to about Christmas time and Jerry hadn't been we at the Scottish Cup and Jerry just said listen Michael I want to take a step back he'd been doing it a number of years and he asked me to take it on to the summer and I agreed and I to take it on the summer on the basis that he would stay of the club and stuff like that and we'd done that uh, to the end of the season then they committee the, the asked me to take the job on and we just rebuilt the club that scored in the summer and had a a really
1: successful four years. So, was,
2: What year was that you
1: took over then as manager? Or was... So, well,
2: 2020, so that would have been 2015. 2015, ago. aye. So, and then, uh, so uh, right around about that, 2014, 2015, around about that period. So, uh, then I then had been, as I said, four and a half years there as a manager, uh, and really successful four and a half years. Uh, really enjoyed it. Uh, really successful career in Amsterdam football as well mm. met a lot of really really good people at the time so it was a difficult decision to leave to be fair uh, but again I probably just got to that same stage I was at the Drum Chapel United as a player that I felt like I needed to try and challenge myself again and push on a wee bit I was starting to stagnate and then actual next progression was probably junior I had a couple of offers prior to Darvo, and I was probably was a wee bit unsure whether it was the right club to go to and I was so I, I always decided to stay, then I'd spoke to John and Jim in at Darvel and had been torn and thrown, to be fair, I'd agreed to take it, then changed my mind, then went back again, and, uh, but I'm glad I did, to be honest with you, it's a great club, great committee, uh, really fond of you know, the guys there, and we've brought up a really close connection with the community in such a short space of time, so i have lost it. Yeah,
1: no, you're certainly sorted for food anyway at Darvel. you've got yourself a Black Rooster and then obviously you've got John McBrowning, so you aren't going to go hungry anyway. <laughs>
2: <laughs> aye, aye, John John's uh, famous brownies, uh, he's a great guy, great company they well, built up from nothing as well, uh, family and business, and, yeah, yeah, he's a really good guy, what a lot of time and a lot of respect for him, he's also achieved in, not just in Davo but also in his you own know, business life, a lot of that experience and the skills he's got, uh, he's transcended and taken that into Davo and that's how that club has been only a really successful journal over a short period of time.
1: Yeah. See, just going back to what the amateurs, you took over in two thousand and fifteen, and then you had what three Scottish Cup wins in four seasons.
2: I four for years we won the Scottish Cup, three years and then we had well, uh, won the league four years and won the West three years. We didn't win the Scottish Cup, so uh, I would it was a bit had a lot of success in a very short space of time. What do you put that down to? Was that good players, John? Yeah. yeah, I, 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 I always. I, I would not to say coincidence the best clubs at any level, in at, at any sport in the world. I've got really talented, committed, hungry players. Uh, and, and I was fortunate at that time that we got the recruit, recruitment spot on. they brought in really good players with a real cool, uh, a boys who brought on to the force at the club. And made sure they were hungry and committed to it. And we had real talent in there as well. And... That's how we were such a successful team, but a lot of it is, uh, a lot of it was the quality we had at the club at that particular time. Yeah,
1: and then obviously moving on to the kind of double jobs of that. Obviously, you said you'd had a kind of couple other job offers, but doubles just seemed the right right fit for you. Then,
2: I I think anybody knows me, John, in, in his work way we played in. He knows football's a massive part of my life. I take it really seriously, uh, and, and the environment and the professionalism we'd built at Global Park was remarkable for an amateur side. And it was important that when I made the decision to move to uh, Colgore that I could replicate and improve on that environment. Uh, and when I'd spoken to other clubs I just didn't quite feel that, that that I could really replicate that and improve on it. If I'm being honest with you, when I spoke to John and Jim at Darval and they really couldn't have been any more supportive when I sat down and said, Listen, I had reviewed the club, looked at it, said listen the aspects we need to improve on off the park, after park. And, and to be fair, they were so supportive, and everything that's what we put in place. Uh, and I just knew at that point it was the right environment to be in, be, in, in because I need to take that professionalism and that, that environment to me to work the way I work as a manager. So I, it, 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 was, it was the right fit at the right time, I think. Yeah. Sorry, John,
0: on your own. I was just going to say um, one of the few articles that I did find was uh, a picture of the, the dressing room. Um, does, does that show you that you've landed on your feet at that club?
2: Aye, well, that, that was part of the reason we, we, when I'd been doing spoken spoke to John and said, listen, when I spoke to him, I think it was, a, it was a Tuesday night or something, I'd been doing a couple of my days or a week later and looked at him, looked at the club and said, listen, there's certain aspects we need to, to improve on relatively quickly we I've taken the best money on the playing surface because my force and police and trip have dominated the ball, so we've looked at investing money on the part to improve the playing surface and I, I said, listen, we need to look at it. at some point improving, the change in them. We need to create an environment where players want to be here. We feel as if we're in a, a very professional environment. If we want to set the demands, I want to set of them. And to be fair to John, it was always something that was maybe going to happen in the pipeline. And John said, "Listen, if you want to do it, let's do it. What's your ideal scenario? Would you want to build what would it look like what would it feel like?" And I said, "This is what this is what I'd I I'd love it to be." And to be fair to him, I mean, Jim and John in the committee, he approved it, and the six, eight weeks it it was built and that's that's what was put in place. They are in my opinion the best changing rooms in Scotland at any level of football. Uh I d I don't think any would touch touched them. I've been in Ibrooks, I've been in Parkhead, I've been in Hamden, they're by far the best changing rooms in the country.
0: Yeah, they're certainly um on on the face of it looking better than a lot of senior clubs. Um and how 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 critical are these uh Facilities, etc. For teams and guys like Ross Perry, um, as soon as your big name coming in in the summer.
2: well. as you got at the end of the day, it's only a building, and it? it's so reality. It's, 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 it's got a level of importance, but it'll no decide whether you have success or not. But it helps mm-hmm. when you're trying to recruit and retain, retain, sorry, quality players, bringing in guys at that particular time. Ross Perry, Niall and Jason Miles, right on, but some guys who in relationships wearing much senior football more we'll try to entice them to come down mm-hmm. and sometimes that's the nervousness that is the environment that has that professionalism they're used to. Certainly guys who played at horses level, they played proper senior football there's that nervousness about dropping down, but when you you set a vision to them you try to sell them to be the part of someone Generally, it's important when you you can show them that this is where the club's going, this is where we trying to take it to and things think like about the change them matter, there's no absolute doubt about that
1: obviously in the summer as well when the team was getting put together there was a wee bit of criticism in some quarters because the whole, basically the whole, it was a whole new squad um, so you obviously brought a good few players from the amateurs obviously which makes sense because you know them so well and so much success at Covo but then there was a the likes of the players at like the senior you mentioned Megat, Perry and then even guys that obviously played in the junior how how did you go about integrating them all together because obviously usually when they say about football you do know, I sign a whole new squad it's maybe a few additions and how did you cope with that? All the different levels of football? It
2: was challenging we were doing, but we at double prayers for me, but the, February, the end of February, beginning of March, I had to take over Appointed point to them staff, for myself, to Kevin and, and Biscuit and and, and, and Barry Flynn. And, and then they spent some time watching Dabo in a number of months and they came to the conclusion that they wanted to freshen the whole squad up and bring in our own group. It made sense for me to bring in people who I'd worked through before, who knew how I worked in, could also set their standards from day one. So we brought in about 12 players for amateur football who had played with me at some point or had, had, uh, had managed them. Then we set about bringing in one or two from uh, junior clubs that we were aware of and knew. Then I, I used those relationships that I had in uh, senior football and we managed to bring in four or five wheel, three wheel top, so in my opinion, senior boys at that level. And... and First and foremost, when we're recruiting, we, we do a lot of research, not on people's ability, but really on the character and them as individuals, because the, the environment we've with Kate is very much with a family. So it's important that we're bringing good people in, we're getting good football players and have good talent, or good hearts and good people. So, so it's good when obviously we've got those relationships and links at, at certain levels that we can do a lot of background on checks, So people, I knew some of them intimately pretty well myself. So that made it a bit easier. And so, so, I, so, so I clicked really from day one. We brought them all down to say, listen, this is the expectation, this is the standard, this is the ethos, this is how we work as a club, this is how I work as a, man, a manager, this is what the demands after you, this is what I'll do for you. Is in the reality so to them it just clicked and it's very much like a family for, for day one. And that's why we've we'll a lot of success, with exceptional exception of winning trophies, obviously, because the season's sort of stand to be bit. But that's how we've we'll, we'll had we'll a really, really good runner. Performances and and uh, games and getting to the top of the league and quarterfinals and Scottish and stuff
1: like that. I because even in, in the start of the season, you couldn't have had a more difficult start. You get the theory best junior teams about, but out for the Glens and Talbot in your section um, and acquitted yourselves more than well. But uh, that so th- did that give you an idea in terms of what you were hoping for your ambitions for the season, how they would go? I aspiration for the club and to go in to
2: be promoted. That was well I was finished. third in the last day, the last goal. It was to get the club promoted out of the Premier League. So when they had set about and, and and started recruiting in the summer, it was very much to ensure that we got the championship in at the Premier League. And any sort of run in the Scottish Cup would have been a bonus. But I was always confident that the different players we'd gotten and the quality we had within it. That that I felt we a challenge. And and early on, that was quite evident. They played something to the top side. Uh, in the League Cup section, it was really challenging and really difficult, but I always knew within the group they had enough quality that I'd expect us to compete, but I think we'll see some way, what we're, we're, we're set about trying to do the is a bit of a journey. it's a project that's something that will happen over a number of years, it, it was never going to be start of the finish that We go in the first year, uh, this was just the first stage, but I was I was more confident in the group of players i brought together.
1: Oh I should... When you go, John.
0: No, I was just going to say, um, you're certainly um, doing well in the league, from what I can see this season. The uh, top of the table, albeit of have Victoria, have, uh, three games in hand, but you still got to play them. But I also see that you've not um, played a league game since uh, the eighth of February. How frustrating was that before, obviously, um, the the lockdown all happened. I we mean, were really, really good on that form.
2: I think we started really well in the league cup section. Had a really good start to the season. And we had a real runner, two, two and a half months at a horrendous injuries, these seven or eight boys who were probably the core of the side at that point. The players playing in a position We've uh, we'd a really, really disruptive couple of months. And we always dealt with everybody back when about December time we were do what we gonna run in the league and, and that's what we've done in that and then we then managed to get ourselves at the top of the league with a bit of a gap over from from below but could be for a bland either. Really great, young, energetic, excited on a great run as well. So, I think the last couple of months of the season would have been interesting. Uh, and whether that will be played out is another question. But, aye, so, so. but it was a really, really good good run over the last couple of months, but it got ourselves out a really strong position. And there's usually a lot of kick on and, and win the league, but as I say, ultimately, it's it was always about getting promoted out of the Premier Division. That's where we had to get the club to lose the kick it on at that next level. Mm-hmm.
1: What do you think is going to happen? then? do you think the, the season is going to be
2: put as it by probably? I, 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 I was interviewed the other day with the record, and I was asked that question. I said, like, "I think the footballs in a unique position just moved on because of your conference system that's coming in next year." Yeah. Uh, so irrespective of that, I really if that to finish this year or relegation, it's not really going to impact anybody uh, because the, 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 the West Juniors is really moving in the west of Scotland, the Pyramid League. So. Uh, I think it makes the decision easier uh, when that decision will be made. I thought it made; is, is it not mentioned? But I think that makes the decision easier. I, I generally can see practically getting the season finished, uh, and I think the fact that, that there's a totally new structure, new structure, and you're, when you finished this year has really impact on how you start next year. I think that makes that decision a a lot easier to make. Is that,
1: is that something as well when you moved into the juniors? Obviously, there had been talk about the pyramid system changing for a while. Was that something that was attractive to you as well in terms of potentially managing in the kind of senior leagues?
2: No, because I, I think probably you no. Know, I was never in, in, in my thought process. I, I was asked the question early on. What, what would my own personal opinion would have been? My own personal opinion would have been that I would have preferred junior football to stay as junior football. I'll be mean, honest with you, yeah. Um, I, I do understand that some clubs are getting ambitious and they want to progress and, and, and move through the pyramids, but I think I always felt there was something a bit romantic about junior football, there was a lot of history, a lot of uh, relationships, a lot, a lot of sort of challenges to, to, to get the level to where it is just now, you've got real, real top quality players, real top c- clubs in junior football and I always felt that it that was a real strong level of football within the country, really well respected that. I think I've had any aspirations to, to, to move up. I'd have to done that through my career at one point, but again, I was just looking at being junior football, happy in there, trying to challenge myself and try to build a, a, a strong team that could
0: compete. Do you think some junior clubs have been almost forced to um, to join this pyramid system in order to move the teams? Because this is all seems to be happening a bit fast from an outsider's point I of I think view.
2: it's on the, on the horizon for a number of years. It was discussed a number of years, I think. To be fair, the West Junior clubs or junior football in general had voted a couple of years back uh, to move out of the pyramid system. I think at that point their aspiration was that it would move in its current structure and be run by junior football. I think the complexity of that was they couldn't get agreement between other parties, like South of Scotland, the East of Scotland, and their own league. So those most, most conversations broke down uh, and, and then it started to become a bit unsure whether it was going to happen or, or under which structure. I think if anybody was moving under the current structure and run by the juniors it would have been quite a seamless transition I think everybody would have been happy I think where the nervousness started to come was when it was a totally new entity a new week, and I, 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 there's a genuine belief in that I, I don't have any doubt about it that certain clubs feel as if they're moving because they don't want them to be left behind and that's even some of the bigger clubs I think uh, I feel like that as well but listen uh, there's has been made now and I think you just need to make the most of it it's something that are are keen
1: on it at anyway, obviously they've got a statement saying, but how do they see it there in the committee and stuff like
2: that? I, 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 I think if the majority of the clubs would have been staying, Davo would have been happy to stay, uh, but again, very much like the other clubs and at that level, who, who probably run really the drive, and I think some clubs have made the decision, that irrespective of whether the, the, the league moved over, the, over as one entity or not and they were moving on and Clyde Bank had always the aspirations after obviously what happened to him many years ago could win and had had made real strides off the park and grounds and put real uh, investment in, and you know sort of into some place to progress so they were going no matter what uh, I, I think the decision at Davo was that if the majority was going then they were going to go as well and, I, and, and ultimately that's been the right decision now because that's the way it's looking it looks like every, every West club will move across at some point uh, in some way yeah. or other so man, I we'll make a good twist of it we'll do our utmost to, to make sure we're in a position where we can progress as, as best we can yeah I
1: think some of the amateur clubs as well aren't they They're interested as well enjoy it aren't
2: they aye well Drumchapel, United right, did obviously I've played for a number of years John who was the manager there who's done amazing work in, in Drumchapel. we he's built one of the biggest academies in the country uh, and I think this is now the next stage of having that pipeline Uh for Drumchapel's academy so they'll, they'll def- I, I, I think they've put in an application I heard last week that the part's been looked at and approved I believe so uh, uh, I, th- I think I think they'll come in and uh, again their pathway model will very wash it so and I think other amateur clubs maybe look at it over, over the next couple of years maybe say Drumchapel going first and foremost um,
1: See just kind of going back to the professionalism side of things as well I know that um, something you're keen on is the sports science as well. So you're involved with player data in terms of getting the information from the old
2: sports oh. bras. How did that come Hi, about? So, so, so well, well, probably about 18 months ago, two years ago, I brought a sports science coach in at global. Not shouldn't in uh, with a link to the university. So we have already had some awareness and uh, experience of using that sort of technology. And then we'd we'd obviously moved to Davo, Martin came with me as part of the bathroom staff, and we had tried to then implement that. then, it took us a couple of months to, to get us in place. Then we we'll just about to press the the button on another supplier. Then played that. I came across a path. We met with them. Yeah, really exciting company, new, vibrant kind of market, really ambitious, mm-hmm. and it just felt like a good fit. And uh, so then it's been, it's, it's been a great relationship, and, uh, and it's progressed. I think on the back, he might be getting us in a couple of clubs. They've got quite a number of junior clubs, and it's it's been a great asset. We always tell the players right from the outset is that we want them to be the best version of they can be, and whatever we can put in place to help them to be that, then then we'll do that. And that's just another step in in, in that sort of uh, pro- uh, process. Mm. What kind, of te- what kind of data do you get from it, Is it
1: in terms of like your kilometres running and all that type of thing? You've got all sorts of what other stuff? I've written distance,
2: heat maps, sprints, uh, so the we're on the training, we're on the match days, distance covered, so heat maps, all, all that sort of data you would expect to get. Very but, much yeah, similar but to that of full time senior clubs, get part time senior clubs, so I think we're really a bit more fortunate as we've got a sports scientists on, on the coaching staff. So that yeah. matter goes away, and then. We'll then break that into a port for, for, for me and the coaching staff. We then sit and look at, that. at the impact it's got on training, the impact it has on match days, look at individuals uh, the positional sense We're setting up a where we're drafting to play, where we oh. we're restricting ourselves to that particular position, or we're playing the, a wee bit more freedom and all those sort of things. We look at the coveries we're doing at training. So, and you also when you know, look at certain games, certain aspects of games, remember we've got a wee bit deeper. You can, you can look at our shape on the heat map and you can see that we've been at the probably most bottom of or press this out of the park as you want it to be in. So it, it's great for all that. And and it's all about having some kind of evidence down between the players and the team and, uh, and, and trying to on the previous week and where we've went more collectively and individually. So it's, it's a great asset to have went mm-hmm. the for football definitely
1: I definitely give you a bit of an edge as well using that, and again that professional approach as well. Uh,
2: I it's, it's certainly look we'll trying to bring boys in from senior football, or boys who've been in a, a little professional environment. It's stuff, it's environment they're used to working in it's, it's having assets like that is something that's similar to where they've been previously, so, that, so they're used to it. in general terms, the guys all embrace it. Uh, some interesting conversations sometimes. You know, sometimes they don't believe it all, they're that. Uh, you probably the good aspects, you don't believe
0: the bad aspects. Uh, but I, it's, 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 it's a great tool to have. I was just going to um, add on to this about your rivalries with other managers because I see St Rockstar in the league. Um, it, it, did you ha- have any altercations with uh, Chick Charlie at any point when you're shooting in the sidelines of uh, your teams?
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Was it there when we played them both? It was uh, Stevie Rankin and uh, Andy Andy. So I, I've known Andy Cameron for a number of years. I've known Stevie Rankin for a number of years as well. So no, I've got, I've got a lot of respect for Stevie. He's a, had a great career as a manager. He's a great guy as well. And I've known Andy for a number of years as well. So, definitely, actually, also in terms of football. So no, 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 no occasions when end dates and rocks. Right,
0: good stuff. What about um, some of your other managers in the league?
2: I was sort of a bit of new and a bit of freshness to be fair. I I I, I know a few of them, uh, early years, Andy Frame had come on old really well, so there's a couple of others I know. But I no, it's been pretty pretty calm to be honest with you. I, I've not felt at the end of Um yet. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, I, I've settled down quite quietly to be fair. So no, it's all been very respectful so far, so no, I have managed not to the end the it so far, which is which is a positive.
0: No, good stuff. I mean, some people um, have a a stigma about junior football. It's just, um, you know, West Coast boys kicking lumps at each other on the park. But um, I, I, I'm assuming. I mean, I'm not a follower of junior football. I'll be honest. I've certainly don't have a knowledge of the other John But um, I'm assuming that the the standard of football is much better than people give it credit for. Oh, I'm, I'm absolutely sure. I, I listen to some
2: of the time. I we compete competing in SPL Division Two comfortably. Uh, mm. So, like, listen, there's, there's some real, real talented, talented individuals in junior football, and there's some real, real, real professionally run clubs on the park, after the park. Uh, I think if again, they, over the last couple of years, have got any awareness that obviously, don't like Calvert, but they've achieved known junior football, but they've stepped up and played in the, the senior Scottish Cup. I, I think if them has get any doubts about the level and the quality uh, at that level? Then I think they've probably answered those questions. I think they're a great, great asset, not you know in junior football but Scottish football in general. Some really, some of the junior clubs are probably carry big, bigger uh, fan bases than a lot of the part of in junior club in the country. Uh, they've obviously managed to attract guys like Darryl May and Moss Perry who could comfortably play a League One Championship. In Scotland as well still so there are some real really talented players and you go through clubs like Pollock and Coinland and Ot and stuff like that. Some real real top players, some real top coaches, top managers. Uh, I I I think I, I think uh, until you're in the environment, until you've got close links it then, then quite quickly it's evident that the quality within it.
1: I can I think that's why partly why you can see why probably the, the pyramid system system, the one the junior teams involved because of the, the crowds that they bring, the community aspect and all that deeper than thing, as you say, in terms of being better supported. You've seen a good turnout at Darvaux this year, obviously, in terms of the community getting involved as well, haven't you? Uh, w- w- pa- particularly in, in Ershire.
2: Uh, and that's why like clubs in Ershire look, like, obviously, like Talbot, Pro uh, and Hurlford's and clubs like that, and the bees and that. But... That, the connection in those clubs have with the communities is everything. They don't support Celtic managers. they don't support this the, the real club they support is, is the local junior side. It's, it's something they'll operate. up with, something that's part of the fabric of their communities, part of the fabric of their families, and there's a real close affinity with it. And, and that's how the man to attract the, the number of fans they've got. To Darwin's perspective, when we were doing what's last year, were 50-odd people there on average we were probably thinking, 150. Yeah, so wh- what it shows you is we can galvanise those communities and, and get them to buy into something that, that there's a, that you can really really draw them in and, and they can help be a major driving force behind the journey you're trying to take the club on. And if you speak to them they, any of these big clubs, like Talbot, Pollux and stuff like that, and the, the biggest asset at any of these clubs is, 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 is the communities that sit behind them and the number of fans that can that we can and we get to support them. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I obviously, John knows that I followed
1: Talbot myself, and I mean, some of the days I've had following Talbot, are, can I can probably exceed following my senior, senior team that I like. Um, in recent times, it's the likes of the cup finals, it's basically the whole village goes and stuff like that. I and mean, the cup final, That's uh, what I said, John. There's, a, there's something a bit romantic about it for me. I think that's why I've been such a close affinity in such a short
2: period of time, and as I say, at the end of last season, I had, when I had a bit of a spare time. I doing there and watched all a couple of times. and watched in playing against Celtic as well. I, I, I'd got to see a couple of games and things like that. So I had to get around the country and see many teams that I could. And I think Emdi, who, who, who's aware of what some of these clubs have achieved over, in their history, and I suppose, or more recently in terms of the Senior Scottish Cup and things like that. Uh, it's r- r- remarkable, remarkable clubs. Uh, and and I've got a real, real place in uh, Scottish football. And, and I'll, I, my genuine belief is, within the next five to ten years, that a couple of those clubs will end up in senior football. I don't have any doubt. They've got the fan base. They've got the professionalism. They've got the management teams. They've got the committee behind it. They're well the professional levels. I don't have any doubt about that. Ah, we only really have to look at
1: like the Highland League and how successful some of their teams were well when they went into the, the senior leagues and went up the leagues, and. You look at Talbot's results against the Highland League teams recently in recent season. So, I there's a, a good few. I think will do well. Obviously, including yourself, what's the ambitions. To, to, to,
2: to, to go as far as we can go, uh, I, I think I think that's the benefit of having John as the chairman. I think naturally what you find is these guys are real successful businessmen. Have a drive to be successful in the touch, mm. uh, and I, I think John's got real ambitions to get the club. To go as far as it can go, now because obviously there's no ceiling on where I can get to. And obviously that'll be just restricted at some point by finance. But uh, just now we're planning to, to, to progress as far as we can progress. I'll drive that as far as far as uh, as I possibly can myself. I'm, I'm ambitious. Uh, I'll, I'll make sure that we're recruiting hungry players we'll get the ability to help the club progress as far as it can go. And we'll just see what it takes us.
0: Yeah, obviously um, everyone's ambitions worldwide is pretty much on hold just now, so I need to ask about the, the mental health uh, side of things, because uh, back on site of charity that we've been following, um, I've been in the news about recently that a few former footballers, um, and current footballers, I say, have been in touch about um, you know their mental well-being, that they're almost at a um, crisis point. Um, wh- how challenging... Is it just now for you, knowing that you can't get games on, knowing that you can't meet up with the boys for training to try and keep their spirits up? um, Because it's also a difficult difficult time for everyone. I
2: I think one of the advantages probably is that we're in a a, a society at a a level now where technology is such an important part of it. And I think that WhatsApp groups and stuff like that eh, are a great asset for people to see together and communicate spirits so up even when people are still connected and still playing and still play. but listen I think when anybody who's played football most of their life as most of the guys have at any level mm-hmm. uh, you'll you, you get that discipline of training either every day or twice a week on Saturday may not be gang sometimes it's a massive release for your family life and your professional life uh, and when you don't have that then, then there's no doubt absolutely you miss it so, some changing rooms are mm-hmm a haven uh, for certain players that's probably that uh, environment of safeness and feeling wanted and loved and stuff like that when you take that away it's, it's a massive challenge and I've made out there will players up in the country struggling with that but you, you've just got to hope that as I say that that, that together they've got through these charts, and group charts and stuff like that allows them to stay in contact with one another Yeah
0: and, and from your, your own perspective as a manager um, you know you're in the position almost as a role model where um, you're hoping that, that people expected to come up to you with anything you know just how um, you know just what's your approach to you know if people if a player was to say I've got a problem I, I, I
2: think I think the who's worked for me or uh, played for me F- fundamentally my belief is John that that is probably more important than winning games of football on a Saturday it mm-hmm. this tells you there's a driving message a family being a family together has been more important than anything we achieve as a football team uh, so it's always been a relationship built on trust respect at times love and a relationship where players can off the phone or come and speak to me And for any degree of things and that's happened in a number of years but uh, I'm I I think any people tell I'm very approachable. I, I would I always get around the phone number. You know, a manager who's a student I'm or somebody who's everyone tears slips people. I I, I I make sure that I have got a very, very close relationship with players. Some people would say quite uniquely close, uh, some people would maybe say it's probably too close. Uh, but it's something that that, that I, I chose that I wanted today from day one. when I started this something a manager I wanted to make sure that that players could trust me they respected me and you I was always volunteer and knew that they might have the circumstances they find well, it's they'd sort of, it the phone and then, you know, I would be there at any given time of the day and, and that's where I've
0: always worked fabulous and how are you keeping them or helping to keep this bit up during this um you, know, are you just encouraging you to do things like the toilet roll challenge and kicking the ball out of the back garden or running the, the treadmill
2: I we've been all out to be fair so every given day there they're out doing their uh, 5Ks and 10Ks and they're putting the chat and setting targets and scores. And, mm-hmm. So, so, so the, the, as I say, they're always in co- constant uh, communication. There's some of I speak to privately and all, but I, just for certain reasons. Mm-hmm. But a lot has been on the group chat. I'm in the first group chat, so, so I know it's been on every day and say, the spirits are pretty high. Just know I think there's an absolutely better that the boys are missing, it, eh, missing one another. Eh, but uh, it's, just, it's just a very unique situation. Uh, position you can
1: defend yourself in at a minute, so but aye, it's, it's, there's no doubt it's, it's becoming more challenging as time progresses. Mm. I was sp- speaking to one of our guests we've had on previous in the podcast last season, Erin uh, Connolly. Um, was going to chat away to him, and he was telling me that you approached them to sponsor his time to tackle project in terms of training kit as well. So, how did that come about?
2: Not, just from afar, I'd, I'd obviously watched the stuff Aaron's been doing, obviously aware of the, the journey he'd done on as an individual and how inspiration that has been. Uh, and to come through that sort of adversity then, to then switch your attention from yourself to trying to help and support other people. Uh, it was, it's just remarkable that people can be so selfless. Uh, and, and I just wanted to help in any way I can sometimes. Uh, my times sticking up with my businesses and other aspects, family life and football, so the next step was that I wanted to try and find somebody to sponsor them. I would approached them and said, listen, if I can do anything you need them, please let me know, and they can to the training kit. And, uh, and I said I was happy to help, and I'll continue to help him in any way I can as, as he moves forward. I think such an inspirational story, such an inspirational guy, uh, and as I say, such a selfish act, Help other people, it's, and I suppose we'll get one well, of the guys who plays this evening, Debra, who's a club mm-hmm. captain who I've known for a number of years, and ha, 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 has had an interesting life I away mean, from football at times. Comes his life running through, and spends every given day, he, he's week trying to help a lot of vulnerable people and get their life back on track and stuff like that. You I just I use so much respect and admiration for these people that they get so much of their time and, uh, for other people. Oh
1: well, yeah, definitely talking about helping other people as well. I noticed that some of the players would get involved in terms of getting stuff together to help out with the NHS as well, like shopping and different things like that. So it's a credit to, to I, the players I, that, as well. That, that
2: was Darren. To be fair, Darren had, had put on the group chat and the boys all putting money. I think the, the, the plan is over the next couple of weeks that they'll continue to buy stuff and take it up to, to, to the hospital. So, it's, it's, listen, I think we when we started this, people who don't really they know they're, they're at Darville, the the of it, they've the There's been such there was all these accusations flung around that the, the boys were all mercenaries and they were all there only because of money. and Aye, they're all in a the
1: five-year <laughs> <laughs> like
2: they all. you know, it at a trouble, not they? <laughs> 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 so that was the sort of accusation, but I, I, I'm talking about the change, you know, when you understand some of the people, well, knowing some of them are good people with good hearts and, as I say, they're very much a, a tight, tight family Look after one another. And, and when there's people in externally then they come together and, and, and they do their bit and, and that's that's the way I've always been I wouldn't have it any other way it uh, goes back to that make sure you're recruiting people who are going to all to good parts uh, and and when they decided to made, it, it was not that I wasn't shocked shock but it but it's, as I say it was something I would probably expect after a the group of people and a uh, group of players and a group of men
1: I definitely like think a lot of people forget footballers are just normal guys that live in the community and I ok maybe of they... The banter's a wee bit different in terms of football and the dressing room and stuff like that compared to other workplaces, but aye, they're, they're good guys, helping out.
2: Aye,
0: definitely. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we've had some stories recently like, uh, obviously with Andy Robertson and, um, putting a big donation the back on side. Um, you've had, you know, some players have started um, doing the wage deferrals um Without being asked to, like, unlike the Hart situation where Ann Mudge pretty much came out and said, you, "You're taking fifty percent wage cut or you're you're getting sacked," which I thought was out of order. Was like up at Aberdeen, it's been voluntary. That the players and management team have done that. Rangers, I've I've seen today, have done the same thing. There's tot Celtic could be doing it. Hibs have obviously done it. It's it is a test in time, but it's good to see that you know football recognises um, that there's more important things going on and they need to do their, and they want to do their bit to help as well. And getting involved with the community as well, Aberdeens and our team, uh, i have obviously been biased being an Aberdeen supporter, but there's been examples of them. They've phoning some of their fans to make sure they're okay. And I saw um, Liam Craig and and Johnson was doing the same. So it's good that at times that they can rally around because it's so important for everyone from a mental point of view. I, I, I listen, I think,
2: so i in this country I'm out with probably the boys at Celtic Rangers. Even in SBL, some of these boys are earning, will be earning just good salaries that, that, that other people earn professionally in, in different careers in different sectors. So uh, that, this isn't a country that, that, that's awash with the money that England does in terms of Premier League and Championship and divisions below. And uh, in Scotland, even the full-time clubs, bottom half of it, the, the Premier League won't do in significant sums of money. So uh, probably on some of the money to... to, to as i say reasonably skilled professional jobs in the country so so the, the lower walks of money so any the sacrifice they make is it's just like a, a guy that's normal working is having to make a, 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 different at the top end of several years there's some of these guys who want significant sums of money but in general in this country even hearts players and that some of them want good money but there will be guys on then they're be on a grand a week stuff like that if you look at a quid a week it's not it's good money but it's not it's not life-changing
0: Exactly. And you mentioned uh down in England obviously that's a, a different kettle of fish altogether because um there was Newcastle and Tottenham decided um to put their staff on furlough, um whilst maintaining full salaries of their um hundred grand plus a week um, players. Um Liverpool did the same thing at the weekend but they retracted today. Um, thankfully so at least they've held their hands up and apologised, whereas like Tottenham and Newcastle have maintained it and not said anything, which is Pretty bad. Um, I mean, I know some footballers have come out and in, in backlash at the. Um, I can't remember the the boys. Hancock, the, Hancock that's his name. Yeah, um, you know, saying that football should take thirty percent. I think their points trying to be well. What about your bankers, etc.? They might have a point that way. Well,
2: oh. There's 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 more affluent people in the country than, than footballers. I think footballers in England been significant sums of money, probably instant millionaires the minute you you probably play in a championship, for the Premier League. I'm sure these guys are very financially comfortable. But I think uh, there, there's other organisations, there's other individuals in the country who, who get far more wealth from footballers who are utilising the system and using it. Uh, I, th- I think there's been a couple of PR disasters from certain clubs the size of Liverpool and I suppose Newcastle won't surprise you because who the owner is but yeah. uh, I, th- I think other clubs uh, are probably one of the most f- well thought out uh, decisions when, you, when you're when you putting uh, the operation staff on full-on pay and, and leaving more players on full pay I think the natural progression would have been to ask the players would they take some kind of waste reduction in the first instance then Really, at the finances, then, then, then judged it from there, but I think they just took the easy option out. And as I say, this kind of one of the have realised they've made a mistake. Probably only made a mistake because of the public opinion and, and the revolt, sort of, But, eh, but I, I, probably most, I wouldn't say it's the most well-fought decision, but it's I, definitely backers, private investment companies, at all these sort of, other organisations will be utilising that same process.
1: Uh, ah, yeah, I don't think it any surprise when Newcastle so anyway after he was after was determined to, to keep sports direct on as a essential key workers. That's so with
2: that. Yeah. Aye, I I, I, I think any decision that Mike Ashley right? Listen, Mike Mike Ashley makes any decisions in, the, in any part of his, his, his business operation advocacy or any case at times it's that that decisions pure self interest.
1: So anything we have a guest on as well we usually have some kind of fun questions as well so I'll let John kind of cover some of that <laughs> he likes the fun stuff the questions
0: yeah um, well I'll start with a few um, pretty obvious one almost there uh, what's your favorite beer
2: Beer? Yeah, um, I don't know I don't to be served on it I'm a bit like, that
0: sense like vodka right, what's your favorite vodka nice and simple um Apart from your own What's your favourite restaurant?
2: Toyers Cafe
0: in East End Nice Your favourite uh, comfort food? Chinese Well, I
2: thought
0: it was going to be chicken You've missed a chicken
2: there <laughs> up. Up. I chicken fed up I thought i chicken fed up I don't chicken fed up I do chicken
0: Who's your best mates in football?
2: Best mates? Well, there's a few. Steve McDevitt, who plays me, who's the captain. Dan Muller uh, is is one of my really close mates. Uh, So, I think there are probably two of my coach. Barry Finn, who's my coaching staff as well, who's a really good partner. Kevin Ball, my assistant, who I've known for a number of years as well. Uh, So, they're probably the... As I say, there's a last them as well, who've played football here for a number of years. and and, and still playing the numbers. So, they've got a lot, a lot of really, really close pals for football, but Steve McDevitt and people like Barry and, and Darren, and Darren are probably the closest ones. What's
1: the best dressing room plank that you've seen? Best dressing room
2: plank? Oh, I've, I've actually probably seen it, probably me, probably the, when the, when the train at Coleville, uh, we used to train at in the on the way home some nights. And I was a manager at the time, by the way, we used to pop in there. Was a, Pre Chinese and Indian but, and Monday night, so the boys used to pop in there some nights and get something to eat. And uh, I was getting served in the bastle, scanted, uh, scanted minverdo. So that was that was a that was a, that
0: was a
2: good. Aye, uh, so that was pretty, pretty 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 funny to be fair. So that's good.
1: Usually when we ask a the, the lot of the guests, they won't know tell the the actual. So our best ones they usually kind of tell a wee slightly different story. So, right, that's oh, good.
2: That,
0: that, that was it. And I'm the same easily. Like. <laughs> <laughs> so. Who ya? Right, no, you go first. Who
1: ya? Footballing heroes growing up. Yep, it's it. oh, is that you bet. Oh, there's that you're
2: going to answer. canter have Eric yes. Ah, he was my he was he was my absolute uh, idol of the guy. Uh, I. Uh, yeah, and so when he, I've always had a close affinity with like, United uh, since so I was young so he was my absolute idol, I loved the guy
0: um, If you were to name a best 11 um, of players that you've played with, uh, past and present um, who would be in it? Oh,
2: played with? Actually no managing played with um, Oh this, so let me think he
1: in does goal. this he does this well I
2: guess that's just when you get abusing
1: them all when
2: you don't pick them <laughs> ah they hike in goal Jordan Mormier who's a port goalkeeper right back Mikey Brown right centre half this gets really complicated probably James Mulvey left centre half Gary Tierney left back Andy Patterson centre mid Steve McDevitt and oh, Alec Cleary and right mid, Thomas Murray Left mid, that's a hard one We'll come back to that fight in a minute Up top, Diffen Matai, Chrissy Craig eh, Two absolute outstanding players And left, who's the best left I've played with That's a real fact I think who's played on the left hand side but I think, thank you. I'm struggling to that, how would that be? Oh, I can't even kill him. I played it in the last so three games. He's actually a big goal. Not following that. I, I can't even think of a sided winner. That's really, really cool. I've got a really good point. I've got spot. I believe Ryan Cardis was really, really gifted. At winger Aang. He was excellent, Ryan. That's probably it
1: could she really she never did put uh, Gary O'Connor did and Molly Miller recently they picked themselves in the best 11s <laughs> <laughs> no, no I certainly I
2: certainly would really have put, put myself in it I, uh, no, no I think I wasn't a I played super I wasn't a proper proper defender to be fair so Gary and James were two, two absolute top, top seven half. Uh, uh, yeah. I uh, yeah, certainly would have picked myself that
1: it I think good having you on, I think we've covered all the, your career that we ought to cover and stuff like that and good to fill some time in this this lockdown, I know you were keen to come on for
2: that and we appreciate you coming on I, as well I, 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 it's just, uh, I, I talk about it more day of the week, so they're constantly on the phone at the club and the committee, out here to staff or players or whatever so it's set it's, itself it's, 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 it's for a bit of a void, it's, it's a different conversation I suppose uh, obviously good to speak to good f- football. Football guys as well, so it's been an honour and a pleasure. Thanks very much for inviting me on. Oh, one last
1: question actually. Who do you think out of the players at Darvel would be best to come on the podcast? In
2: terms of Barron and stuff like that, who's? Stephen McDevitt and the captain would be really good. Darren would be good as well. Darren's shy either Aye. Uh, uh, I would say Darren or Stephen would be pretty good. Cool.
1: Well, hopefully at some point the football gets going again get Anyway, this season, but if not, best of luck when
2: it gets Aye, going I again. I think, good luck with the podcast and shoot things to go well. Yeah, nice to,
0: nice to speak to you, Mick. It's been great having you on.
2: Thank you. Anything guys. Take care. Cheers again. Thanks, Mick. Cheers. Bye, you're back. <laughs>